Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 11th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book, The Singular Exeget. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and uh, Green is actually taking the week off again this week, and so we're going to jump right to our... Actually, we've got two of them. Guest co-hosts, we have our good friends Chatting Myth and Hey, It's Orchid. Uh, Josh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had actually completely forgotten about the podcast until I saw the post <laughs> earlier this week. And here's here's the reason why. Because last time I was on the show, we uh, we talked about Revelations. That was fun. That was long. That was fun. And then the week after, I set up with Green, like, hey, I'll be back later on in the year. And when we found out Beyond Light was supposed to come out in September, I messaged her and I was like, I lucked out. So this whole time I've been thinking, oh yeah, I'm not going to be back on Focus Fire Chat until Beyond Light comes out in November. So uh, I'm happy to be here, but I was completely surprised. <laughs> gotcha. Orchid, how are you doing? I'm doing as well as can be expected. <laughs> yeah, you're you're kind of, you're on fire! I'm in the middle of forest fires, yeah. But no, yeah. I'm doing great. Thank you for everything. Is, is everybody pretty safe where you are or ish i mean safe is a real relative term basic, i guess yeah <laughs> i am safe as in i am not in the fire but my work is next to the fire mm. as in like you can see it on the roof oh, of where geez. i work yeah, yeah it's like the, but because uh, there's a freeway between us and the fire we're like it won't get us so it's fine <laughs> Because so. freeways, they're the best walls yeah. ever. Um, yeah. No, someone... um, where I live, I'm fine. It's just there's a lot of smoke and, you yeah. know, there's ash everywhere. Everywhere. And yeah. so it's it's it was supposed to be 95 the other day and it was 70 because we haven't seen the sun in four days. Wow. So yeah, someone posted a uh, drone video that they took of, I think it was San Francisco, and they had yeah. laid over the Blade 20. 47 or 20 yeah, whatever yeah. the blade uh blade runner track music and it was like I, I we i watched it like two or three times and i'm like i don't actually know if this is real or if this is from the movie like i'm like i'm no it's not from the movie but because of the the yeah. tinge of everything it was just oh yeah my gosh. 
it was the it was like that the first day here um and we were relatively far away from the fires so it was actually it was okay um it was just it was like walking outside on mars and so we congratulated each other in the lab we're like welcome to mars like we're the first humans here you know whatever i said i was looking for some freezy hive boys (laughs) but (laughs) was that before or after you listened to five finger death punch uh that was today um I'd never, it was, their music is super cute. I've never listened to it before <laughs> until today. Guys, guys, it's heavy not... metal is super cute. Um, that's <laughs> accurate. I had such a vibe today. Like, I was just like, this is cute. And the guy's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, five finger deaf punch. <laughs> because that's the descriptor that totally goes with. <laughs> You know what? A lot of people have argued that that is not the descriptor to use, but I'm the one describing it. I think oh. it's cute. <laughs> well, I know we've we've run through this a couple times with uh, you, Josh, and Orchid. I think we tried to run through it one time with you, and completely that show didn't exist. So um, we'll just we do these. Crucible we did play Crucible, which was interesting. Um but real quick, Josh, where can we uh, find you more outside the show? I know you're you're pretty active in our Discord, but what about Twitter or anything like that? Uh, so yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Chatting Myth. Um, I've been working a lot in the Discords recently because um, life stuff. Um, but Twitter's probably the quickest way to get to me. Awesome. What about you, Orchid? Uh, where can, can we find, find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Orchid. You can find me on Twitch at Hey It's Orchid. And I stream like four or five days a week. So, If you follow her on Twitter, be warned, there will be otters. <laughs> there will be so many otters. <laughs> there will be otters. <laughs> no apologies. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so like, Orchid, just real quick. Um, what? I, I mean, you're... For those who do not know you, which are, mm-hmm. which that shouldn't exist, but for those who don't know, oh. you're you're part of the Guardians of Lore podcast. I am. So you you yeah. do you do other stuff with game lore. So yeah. when did when did actually that start for you? When did you get to become? Um, like, when did you get interested in game lore specifically? In game lore. So uh, in D one, because they made game lore really hard to find, I was like, screw this, I'm not going to read it. I'm going home. Um, I just wanted to do some pew pew shoot shoots. (laughs) So, um, when D2 came out, I, I joined several different clans. Um, the clan that I had on PlayStation, I moved to Xbox for D2. So didn't have any of the same friends that I played with. So I made all new friends, um, eventually joined a clan with, uh, Elemist and Hyven and Mrs. Hyven much later. Um, but the three of us were talking about lore. The two of them were like, oh, we should probably, you know, do a weekly talk for the Discord server of lore. And I was like, can you guys record that so I can listen to it at work? Because I'm not available when you guys want to talk about it. They're like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, can you just, can I download it like a podcast? (laughs) Okay. So that happened. (laughs) And then you became part of the podcast. I am the mother of the podcast. <laughs> and then thusly joined the podcast in episode 50 for their kind of get to know the hosts one year kind of anniversary um, episode. And instead, they're like surreptitiously put in a question like, why aren't you a part of the cast yet? And I'm like, because you didn't ask me. 
I don't know what you want me to say. So I kind of joined and now I derail the conversation all the time. And I've made it a very uh, lewd, uncoordinated podcast. So we're very we proud. Talk about we're very proud of you. We're very proud yeah, of you for that. Thank you. Um, I try. Josh, real quick. I know you and I kind of chatted about this a little bit, but you have some exposure to like uh, translation analysis of languages, I think would be safe to say. So, so yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take what, that compliment. Yeah, no, I mean, like it, it's kind of one of the things that we know. But um, what what about like what makes this particular like aspect within within this lore book? You know, because it is kind of an in game translation process. Uh, is that is that something that how accurately did they portray? Do you think? like the musings of Eris on on her connection cuz look I mean we'll get into logographic communication which is its own nightmare in of itself but um like how 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 is I don't even know what I'm asking I just I I I'll be honest I don't I don't really know how to answer that because because this lore book really it seems like we're we're reading two different things mm-hmm. um so yeah. like i mean there's sort of there's, there's the frame narrative which is we're getting these messages and eris is interpreting them as best as she can interpret them and then we have eris's story which i guess is you know the the, the b plot to that um but i mean i don't know interpretation is interpretation's hard um uh one of one of the lore books that I love for this reason, I think it's Awoken of the Reef, um, yeah. where Riven has uh, Riven speaking, but a lot of what he's saying, you know, they're they're bracketed words when you read them, um, and basically Riven is reinterpreting that word and giving mm. it to us in a way where, you know, she's controlling the narrative, um, and that's really interesting in it. You know, I mean, like you said, uh, for for those who don't know, like I studied ancient Greek, I studied ancient Latin uh, in college. That was part of my bachelor's, and interpretation's hard. Like interpretation in Latin really kind of sucks because Latin has a very limited vocabulary. And there's one a word reason mean, that it's uh, the saying goes, "It's all Greek to me." Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, like, I mean, at some point, like this book is basically Eris's interpretation. And I, I think at some cases she does a really interesting job. And then there's other points where I don't know I don't know how much of what she's relaying to us is her own personal information, uh, her own personal feelings, rather. Yeah, um, and I know we'll probably get into that, especially when we talk yeah. a little bit about um, logographics, because logographics are they are a very interesting a phenomenon, I guess, would be the best term for them. Um because i mean especially for those of us who are predominantly english speakers it's a it turns everything that we are used to when it comes to written language kind of on its head um it's really kind of interesting to kind of get around that or to kind of think about it that way but um before we jump into that real quick uh what and this is i'm going to jump back over to orchid uh what's what's your class that you primarily play i'm a warlock with a titan on the inside I'm a warlock that tries to punch everything. If I could shoulder charge as a warlock, I would. So you you're you're a fan of Fellwinter. Yes. 
very much so. I'm really jelly of Fell Winter because I want if I could wear his stupid helmet, I want to be able to shoulder charge people. Like the one thing the I chat's, want. Chat's simplifying it. She's a yeah. titan. <laughs> She's a titan. I'm a titan on the inside. I'm a warlock on the outside. That's so paladin. Like a weird uh, Oreo cookie. Okay. The stuff is on the inside. Josh, what about, what about you, Josh? Shut up. <laughs> I'm being good. Um, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a hunter. Through and through. I mean, look, I, I very much, I very much ascribe to, to what Tefty Tef says when he's playing his classes, you know, the hunters for business, Titans for fun. I have a warlock too, cause I need it to experience all three parts. And that's how I, that's how I treat it. I'm like hunters for business. I'm going to get on my hunter. Hunter's my main. I'm going to enjoy it. Titan is when I just want to be brainless in the crucible and somehow rack up like 25 plus kills. And then I have my warlock that I have to keep up to date. Chad says that it sounds like you're describing a mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, okay, so that's that's kind of the end of our kind of getting to know us. So we're going to jump real quick into a very quick ad break, and then we're going to come back. Or actually, before I forget, because Green normally does this for me, so I don't know, or I'm not used to the pacing here. Um, real quick, <laughs> I do have one big announcement, uh, and Orchid even was very nice and called it out for me in the show notes, and I nearly forgot it anyways, because that's how discombobulated I am. Um, real quick, earlier today, I had put out a update over on the website for the Lore Network, um, and I just wanted to also explain a little bit here on the podcast for anyone who either doesn't get on Twitter or doesn't use the website, which both of those, though, you probably won't care. But anyways, um, basically what we're doing is we are going to kind of move away from the current website layout and we're going to try out reddit as a means to distributing posts and interacting with everybody um so what it's going to be is for the next couple weeks really uh just view it as like a trial run we're going to try it out we're going to see how it works um i get the sense that reddit will make it a little bit easier for everyone to stay in touch because reddit uh reddit has a format that is much more conducive to conversation than a website. Uh, it's easier to comment on it. It's easier to interact with the authors of each individual thread instead of post. Um, so we created our own subreddit. It is the subreddit is the Lord Network, all one word. I have the link to that in the post on the website. And then if the trial run actually is met with pretty good success, uh, what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to redirect our urls to go to the subreddit so you won't even really have to worry about anything i'm going to try to make it as painless as possible for everyone um but really to kind of open it up a little bit what that means is for the most part nothing really it's going to just be a little bit slightly aesthetic change for the people who see our post Um, articles are basically going to be put in the same way that articles are put individually on the website we're going to create them individually as threads on the uh, subreddit Uh, again comments upvotes you know all that is much more native to to reddit so it's a little bit easier to kind of encourage that interactivity um we also on the reddit page i've gone ahead and created every one every one of the content creators who's already a member of the lore network i've gone ahead and created a dedicated wiki profile page for them uh in the reddit uh there is a link at the very top that says wiki 
click on that and then you will see a list of all the members and their own uh pages as we get kind of more used to that format um i've already kind of put a word out to the member the member content creators you know as if they have special links like sponsor links um specific team member uh links for social media because you know like green and i have our own uh twitter accounts as well as focus fire so on our wiki page i've gone ahead and i've linked all the unique stuff so it's all in the same place it's all in one place um the other nice thing is about the wiki is eventually that's actually going to allow for a much more streamlined build out of things like the destiny dialogue project that i was trying to figure out um because the wiki is just really it's pretty bare bones as far as a wiki goes but it's actually really easy to customize the layout and linking of those different pages to each other so it's really just going to hopefully encourage the build out of that um but as with everything else, uh, you know, please feel free to message myself uh, or Green or the, just the general group box at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you know, whatever, we're always happy to to hear the the feedback of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the special announcement. Uh, so let's jump into an ad break real quick, and then we'll be right back. Should introduce myself. Um... I'm Corin Black, a humble half-demon, and folks around Baltimore call me the Devil's Runt. Here we go, finally moving again. How do you feel about methamphetamines? You know, Devil's Blood don't make you a devil. Under the Shroud. Fantasy, noir, and horror from Baltimore's sin-soaked streets. Find creator Ian Humphrey on Twitter at FictionalIan. Okay, so let's jump into just like a basic, like what we've, what we've kind of started telling the cocktail knowledge of it. Um, so this lore book, what is it? What What is this lore book? Uh, it was a book that was introduced in the season of Arrival. So this season, we got it. Uh, most of... We were kind of talking about this before we started recording. Uh, this The week of this recording would have been the last entry uh, because of the, the deferment of the season, though um, we have been denied the last entry in-game, I think would be the best way to say that it, it basically got locked up um the reason why is because every week we had a weekly interference mission uh and we're, we're going to probably talk about that especially within the advanced session because that was kind of that's kind of it's got its own component within the lore of the actual book as well but at its core this is a collection of reports from Eris to the Vanguard, uh, but it is also a collection of her personal notes and reflections. Uh, and the and then if you look at the transcripts for the missions themselves, there's actually another message that's being sent to the Guardian. So we have a, a three layered, if you will, collection here, um, and these are all in connection and all concerning messages received from the pyramid, the, the pyramid ship that appeared over Io. So when you take all of these these different three levels of communications, um, you get a pretty good image of what 
Eris is thinking about this. Um, this is also connected to the False Idols lore record, uh, which was back, I believe, at the beginning of the season, um, in which we see Nokris actually show up and pledge himself to Savathun. Uh, they, and because the connection there is basically Nokris and Savathun discuss how to disrupt the communications between the pyramids and the guardians. So basically, that ties into the quest or the missions as well. We'll kind of talk about that in just a little bit. Um, as far as like the entries composition, Josh, I know you had mentioned this um, a little bit already, but uh, there, there's basically three major layers. Uh, there's the VanNet encrypted routers uh, reports, and that's the one that goes basically directly to Zavala. These are the messages to the Vanguard. This is the you know, bop, 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 bullet point list, very professional of what. Uh, I find that funny because there's one week that she actually declines to send a message to the Vanguard. And it's very interesting. Um, the The other half that we find within the lore book are the personal thoughts and almost a diary of Eris as she proceeds through the interpretation of the various logographic messages. Um, keep in mind that word we're, we've kind of mentioned it a couple times. We're going to come back to it in just a second. Um, of interest for, for me, at least, the, uh, the other thing that was kind of called out with the personal thoughts and diary was the actual components that were used to write them uh the vast majority of them are written on hive leather because you know eris she loves skinning a thrall um and it was inscribed with either a shard of ionian stone or a knife but the very fun one was the knotted codex of hive guts because you gotta use the whole hive i guess i, I don't know that one um and then the last one was the was a uh, shard of quartz that she actually inscribed on with a surgical stylus, uh, which was which was interesting to me because it was just simply everything else was like you could actually kind of put it in a book and then quartz and hive guts. I can't imagine what that book looks like. That's a kind of an interesting thing. Um, so and then and then finally, like we had mentioned or I mentioned earlier, the expressed opinions to the Guardians, which is the very short uh, blurb that you have from Eris at the completion of the interference mission. Um, so I mentioned the word logographic. We've kind of played we've kind of tossed that around a little bit, and I'm going to actually turn it over to Josh to kind of explain to us logographic. What is what's that term? What does that term mean? Uh, well, uh, thanks to our handy dandy, uh, show notes. <laughs> um, so logographic, uh, from the Greek logos and graphos. Graph, okay, wait, grapso, grapso, to write, I draw, I write, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so a logogram in a written language. Uh, is written character that represents a word or a morpheme. And the first thing I thought of was the Cairo, which that's other than like Chinese characters or Japanese characters. And, uh, Oh, I have a friend who's going to get mad at me if I get this wrong <laughs> in, in, in kanji. Ooh, I don't remember if it's kanji or katakana. Um, <laughs> but it's basically, it's basically a character that represents a word. Like a word, an idea. So, like the Cairo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Oregon. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm a weeb, so I know these things. Okay. Cool. Um, so, like the Cairo is basically the symbol for Christ. It is literally a 
Greek Kai interfused with a Greek Ro. <laughs> um, uh, to continue, uh, so in English, um, as written language, uses a phonologic writing, which is basically the words are written as they sound, right? That's, yeah. yeah. Symbols correspond um, to sounds, and then we smush them together to create right. words or the morphemes. So that's the basic contrast between logographic and, and phonologic writing script. Um, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> the thing and the reason why this is a, a kind of a big deal is because Eris actually calls this out in one of the earlier entries. Because logographic communication is much more uh, metaphorical. Uh, it's it's something that there's a lot of... It's very, very dependent on the context clues that are around the communication. Whereas with, like, a phonologic writing, if you put the word... I mean, like, there's a few words that they can be used multiple places. Um, or at least pheno- uh, phonetically, they sound similar. Like, here and here. If you hear something with your ears, you're not necessarily here, you know, as in location. It sounds the same, but uh, when you look at the writing, it's actually spelled differently. That's not the case. There are English is really good at just completely screwing up the rules of everything. It doesn't follow its own rules, and it's really fun for those who, yeah. Anyways, for the most part, a phonological uh, communication is able to kind of transcend context and kind of be in a way more specific whereas a logographic communication in <laughs> chat english has rules no no it doesn't <laughs> there are no rules um in a lo- uh, logographic communication uh like you know you guys were talking about kanji uh the the one that always stands out to me when you talk about kanji is like the the word for house is literally a little picture of a house like it's it's just like you know there's things that you have to understand the culture and the the context in which that particular um almost a hieroglyph uh character was created in order for you to fully translate it which is why it's interesting in here because it's eris who is a human or not a but human he's she's from humanity um i don't take that to me that she is human i'm not making a comment on that but she is from humanity's culture and she is trying to translate something that is extremely alien. Um, it's not just like we kind of talked about this last week with the, the Vex, but it's like it's not like she's trying to translate the hive runes like hive runes are slightly logographic as well. But there's a culture that is similar enough to humanity that we can kind of bridge that context uh, difference. Whereas with this one, you know, because it's literally from the darkness itself, we have no grounds in which to base a lot of our translations of it. And so when Eris calls out the fact that it is a logographic communication and it is very metaphorical, it's also pointing out the fact that even Eris is realizing that she is not she is not infallible in her translations, uh, which is actually really refreshing to read that the character is being pretty upfront about hey here's my bias don't take everything i say worth you know a hundred percent um orchid did i miss anything no i think except that i would say she's you know ancient human you're now okay okay now hive i i'm i nope can't say that on this podcast 
So I was just thinking about this. Not that I'm trying to sidetrack this early. It's it's, it's too early to, to do this. Um, the the fallen houses. I know those are sigils, mm-hmm. and yet <laughs> the house of devils looks like a devil. Mm-hmm. The house of kings looks like a throne. The house of wolves looks like a wolf. I mean, but. Isn't that also no, kind of a sigil in and of itself is kind of... Well, uh, like, like okay, so like... Like a code of again, arms first thing in my be... head. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm thinking of, you know, like a Song of Ice and Fire. Like, sure, House Stark. It's mm-hmm. a gray wolf on a, you know, on a white running field. Ooh, I just read that and I'm going to mess that up. So, like, yeah, sure, but... But we also... Or at least I'm pretty sure we know that the, the fallen written language looks similar to the sigils like that's sort of my question like is it like is that not just a sigil but is that like the actual word yeah that's kind of what veru just brought up in chat he's he says we know through the shadows of your lore that hive language is actually not native to the hive but if their runes are something they came up with, is this language Eris encounter still a reference to the spoken language of the hive? Like, could this have been the actual, like, what the hive were trying to transcribe into something? That's an interesting, that's definitely an interesting thought. Because there was, I think someone, I can't remember, I saw up in chat earlier, someone made the comment, if if this was meant to be read kind of in parallel to unveiling as well, like because of the connection again there. So that's, that's a definitely something I'm going to, I'm going to take away and dancing. I'm going to blame you for my lack of sleep again. Um, first it was dark. Now he's got me chasing down a freaking logographic translation of hive runes. Um, but before I get too far down that one real quick, um, the characters that are mentioned within the lore book, especially, uh, we have obviously Eris. Uh, she is the primary driver, narrative, whatever term you want to use for that. Uh, Zavala is also mentioned, if not just because he is the receiver of the Vanguard reports. He actually does make an appearance on one entry, uh, but for the most part, Zavala is the recip- the intended recipient. Um, we have a guardian who goes by the name of anina uh who is part of the subplot of the entries uh she is tasked with finding that pesky pesky pineapple um which i, I love She's that like a grad student for yeah well, a researcher well <laughs> that's what she presents herself as <laughs> She is not quite that. Um, no, but she thinks she is. And I yeah, don't want to take that she, away from her. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. She just wants to have pineapple for her pizza. I don't know what's the problem here. It's um, everything with that sentence is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a um, an unknown ghost, uh, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about a little bit there, who kind of pops up and is spying on things and then actually really randomly and kind of interestingly we have a mention of Callus's daughter uh Kyatel. uh so i find that interesting because up until now Kyatel is the only one who was on Callus's hit list that we did not have a firm confirmation had been killed uh and apparently she's still around i think we had yep. the uh wasn't the 
wasn't there a machine gun earlier? In... We learned about her in the Fourth Horseman. Right. Well, I mean, like we learned. Yeah. Well, we learned about her back with right a long, back while. long time. But I mean, this is again another kind of nod to she's making she's making moves back Air on. Mm-hmm. Oh, heir apparent. Thank you. Um, thank you, Black Flag and Orchid. Um, she's. This is kind of a call out. Eris makes a comment about how she could be making a power play back in the Empire while Callus is kind of trying to seduce the Guardians. I think would be the PG word for what he is trying to do. Sweet meats are involved. Sweet meats are involved. Where's Green when so, we need her? Yeah, for the Sweet shutter. Meats. Sweet meats and um, planet wine. <laughs> wine made of planets. Gross. I don't want that. Callus just wants a friend. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, sure. Friend. Let's go with that one. Callus is a thick boy. I'm into it. Mm. Yep. No. No. Yep. <laughs> a life a partner. partner. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. So real quick, um, to kind of jump into the weekly process here. Um, So this is all wrapped into the means to an end quest. And there is basically three steps. Uh, The third step actually has three alternate variety or three options, depending on which week you're in. They rotate. uh, I don't know. We'll get to that in just a second. The first step is barrier to entry. Uh, this is basically when we have to go and do the new public event, the contact public event, and that is either on IO or Titan. And basically the explanation that we get from the event is we are being called to contain spreading darkness uh, through the completion of the contact public event. Um, Ghost, within the flavor text of the, the actual mission item, says that the Drifter wouldn't have agreed to help without an ulterior motive. We should keep an eye on him and his machine, because the, the ramshackle cryptarch... God, I love the, the random voice lines on the, the umbral <laughs> decoder. Yeah. It's like Rahul, except better. <laughs> it's true. I would rather go to the trash can than Rahul every day. Yum, 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 yum. Um... So the second step after, so you, basically to do this, you have like the little meter and then you complete, you know, whatever, however many runs of the contact public event, uh, depending on if you activate the heroic mode or don't activate the heroic mode, um, how far away or how far through this event you get, uh, it'll fill up the meter different, you fill up to 100%, it ticks off to the second one or the second step. The second step is referred to as force. Uh, and this is basically the description that we get is a challenge is issued to the strong. Uh, and the flavor text is actually from from an unknown origin, and the quote is, show your strength or be broken by those who will. And what we're called to do is we're called to collect umbral traces through a series of act- activities. Uh, depending on the week, it seems to rotate predominantly between Gambit and Crucible. Um, I think also I don't pay attention to the other things because those are the only two that I can do i know there's a nightmare heroic yeah nightmare hunts hunts. adventures and menagerie menagerie that was the other one yeah i don't go near that with a 50 foot pole anyways um once you don't have any sweet meats anyways once you get done with that step it's the same thing it's a gauge you have to collect like the umbral traces um you get then once you have that completed you get the last step which is called perseverance and this is one of my favorite flavor texts for this this episode. It's going to be, 
if that krill hag wants the cradle, she'll have to pry it from our cold, dead hands. Ah, Eris. Always so good with words. <laughs> um, so this is the one that actually I kind of mentioned. It rotates through three different versions. There is the first version that we came with or we came encounter with is called the Ritual Encounter. Uh, this is the one where you run in and there's three there's two islands off to the side and you have to defeat the uh, the witches and then stand on the plate. So you disperse, uh, you basically disperse the rituals uh, by standing on the plate, which is very akin to Crota's End is the thing that it always reminds me of. Uh, and then once you disperse all th- uh, all three rituals, it opens up a gate and then you are confronted with a giant uh, shrieker ball, uh, which is Savathun's Witness. And so you kill that thing and then it kills you because it always kills you right after you kill it. And then you jump through your portal and you get your lore entry. Um, the second week is what's referred to as the relic encounter. And in this one, we have to defeat multiple uh, figures that are refer- uh, that are titled Envoys of Savathun. Uh, and then in between each stage, we have to cross a bridge. Uh, there's three battles, again, number three. Uh, and then once you defeat the last set of Envoys, you are then presented again with the Savathun's Witness, and you blow it up, are blown up, and then go get your lore entry. Um and then finally is the crystal encounter. I'm just going to run through these real quick because they're just, yeah. Crystal encounter is basically almost a combination of the two before. You have to you have to do battle with multiple envoys. Uh, usually it's like, I want to say it's like two envoys for every crystal. And then they are linked to a crystal. So basically as long as the envoys are alive, the crystal is immune to damage. You, you kill both the envoys it opens the crystal up to damage, destroy the crystal, rinse and repeat. Uh, you destroy three crystals, it opens the gate, you go and you blow up Savathun's Witness, and then um, this one actually also has the absolutely terrifying teleporting knight that's called the Shifting Blade. Uh, he's the guy, he's one of the guys from, um, I remind me of Alec Hull, but I think in Destiny 2, the the other time that we see Guardian, like, or a... a uh, night like this would be um the haunted the, forest yeah well the haunted forest and then also what's the um, reckoning reckoning that's reckoning. what it was yeah, yeah the reckoning. reckoning um oh black flags comment calling out yeah i guess that's true because each yeah that would be interesting an interesting point that black flags bringing up is that each encounter is based on a location from the dreadnought it's an interesting Interesting thing. I'm also being corrected that there apparently is a science to killing the Savathun's witness before it kills you. I don't believe it. Anyways, it's lies, lies, lies. Um, and then basically once you once you get the third, and that's each week, so you go ritual, relic, crystal. And then at the fourth week, you go back up to ritual, relic, crystal. Um, and you just run through an issue. There is theoretically a fourth one. We haven't encountered it just yet, uh, but there will be it'll be interesting to see which one that one is um i guess that's really that's kind of the the meat uh, the skeleton of the whole thing um i'm gonna ta- think we'll take a quick little ad break here and then we can jump into a really really high level look at the 13 entries that we've had there's actually 14 entries but i know we've gotten 13 for sure so we'll take a quick ad break and be right back 
Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Okay. Okay, Josh. Do either of you want to dive into these entry entrees? Gosh, man. Wow. I'm hungry, apparently. All right. So real quick, now that I got this pulled up, uh, the first entry is protected. Uh, Really quick here. uh, It's just basically an introduction to the whole thing. Um, we get the personal notes here that I believe this is where she starts. She starts looking at ways to learn how to cook. I, I, I actually really like the subplot of these more, almost more than the translation pieces because Eris is an interesting individual. I will say that. Um, I, yeah, she does mention, um, if you'll remember from when we talked about Revelation, there was a uh, the the character of Quang Zon, Quang Quang Zhong. Do you want me to do I move pronounce it for you? Yeah, do it. Quang Shin. That one. I was yep. completely off. Yep. KX. KX. Quang Shin. Shin. Uh, Shin. Okay. Shin. Yeah. Um, but she Eris is aware of this character. And Eris is aware of the basically the journal that we got from the collector's edition has is basically confirmed that Eris has seen it and read it. Um, so I thought that was an interesting little callback there. Um, no dancing. I do not want to pronounce your crazy German words. Nope. Um, let's see. She decides that she is going to make a walk so that she can try to make fried rice. The next entry is eggshell. Uh, basically, this one is Eris um, talking about how by using this logograph, it's a good sign because it shows that the darkness is trying to entice us with things instead of just out- outright destroying us. Um, in the more interesting component, she is uh, she has met a challenge with her walk. Um, her walk is on fire. <laughs> you know what? Seasoning walks are hard. I, I, just, I, just love, this one. I just love the ending of, ah, my walk is on fire. Like, seriously, like, her struggles trying to make fried freaking rice for the entirety of this lore book is my favorite thing about this lore book. The best part is this is just, this just reminds me of, like, a Monty Python thing because it's, like, she's scribing this on hive leather. And it's, like, you could just, the the cave of, ah, like, it's just, (laughs) oh, the next one is white. Um, and she, to call it here real quick for those who are reading along in chat with us, uh, VIP 2014, that is the Guardian, that is our character. Um, so again, she's kind of mentioning the, the, uh, oh no, it's, it's in her personal notes. She calls out that it's not talking about like white as in a pure white. It's, it's kind of something that's not, it's just the same. It's um, sterile. Yeah. And it's yeah, boring. Yeah. And then, then she has to clean her walk. 
So she used, she used, oh no, it burned like hive blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and this is also when we are introduced to um, Nina, and Eris gets mad at her and snaps at her to bring her a pineapple because she wants to try a pineapple with her fried rice. I get the Titan reference, but just why a pineapple? Um, I just don't it was, get it. It's- it was oh. one of the earlier entries. I'm trying to find it real quick, but they like she was talking about something, and she was going through a list of ingredients. And it was she the was first. Like, was it the first one? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. One. Yeah. 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 Tonight I cook fried rice. Rice and raisins will come from my stores. The recipe calls for pineapple. Is this a joke? A pine flavored apple? I Why do people not know that fruit? pineapples and dragonflies existed? <laughs> But I'm still fascinated by are. the dragonfly ornament where they're like, hmm, a dragonfly? How does that work? Couldn't be. No. <laughs> but dragons are cool. Dragons um, are super cool. The, the fourth one is cusp. Uh, mm. And this Eris translates as a threat. Uh, she then goes on to talk about um, kind of the imply implication is that it is a repeated mistake. Uh, so we'll, she talks about the collapse and how the darkness is trying to present this idea that the darkness is not our enemy. It is only the traveler's enemy, um, which is an interesting thing because she calls out, why is it trying to go around us? You know, it's, it's just a, it's an interesting concept there. Um, she also starts regretting sending Anina away. <laughs> Because I think at this point her walk is completely gone. <laughs> oh, because she needs a taster. That's what she, she needs. Someone to tell her she if needs it actually to taste tastes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, uh, the the fifth one, is gift, and this is the one that she does not send a report to Zavala. Uh, the point of note here that I would like to make is also that this is the week that Zavala actually shows up and visits Eris. So that could be why she doesn't send a report to him. Um, this is also the week that if you're standing in the wrong place, you get killed. <laughs> you get very, <laughs> very violently. It's very funny because that happened to me when I did it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just cracked up. But um, <sighs> this is also the week that we get the ruinous effigy uh, from Eris. Uh, so this is the gift basically that is referenced here. Um, the following or the following week after that is contrast. Um, and this is the one where I think Josh, you had mentioned the darkness presenting itself as like a part of a natural cycle. And like, you know, is that evil? Is that not, um, Eris goes, uh, and kind of takes that and says, you know, you know, is winter evil? No, it's not. Winter's not evil, but it's still dangerous. It's still something that can cause evil. It can cause destruction if you aren't careful and prepare for it. Um, that was a really good metaphor that she had there. Too. Oh God, I love um, it. I love that. Was the... one of those like when I'm I'm reading most of the other lore entries and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Or, or I mean, especially when I was reading or bleh, reading when I was listening to it when I was listening to to the audio files and like that metaphor hits and i'm like whoa that is telling i mean it works it was it was great it does it, it's i love because i also love how she she navigates it into a really good segue for what we're going to see with stasis 
not only is it winter and ice, but it's also, you know, survival in winter requires wintercraft. Survival in darkness requires a new idea of good and evil. And so it's like Eris is kind of opening the door for that. Uh, I kind of made a comment that it's the morality debate con- uh, concerning the use of darkness by the Guardians. Uh, the next one... It, oh, yes. Oh, uh, I really like, actually, um, at, towards the beginning of the reading, it's she talks about the jaded Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, the strangers to the true lots who claim that the Traveler has ulterior motives and the darkness is, is a natural force. They worship gray. For them, the line between right and wrong is as fine as silk and just as easy to cut. And I think a lot of us guardians are being called out there because we flippantly say, oh, yeah, you know, like travelers, travelers got some some evil motives like ghosts. We can't trust them. I mean, like, I have to admit first that I'm one of those guardians. Like, I don't trust the traveler. I don't trust the ghosts because we don't know. It just showed up one day and gave us powers and guns and told us to go shoot the things like and took away our memories Mm -hmm. and all the stuff and it made us these like walking soldiers for it and so we don't know really like what is our purpose and i know um osiris goes into that a lot in his own books but like this is i think this is her calling out to all the guardians who really do believe that because we just don't Mm -hmm. know and keep that in mind because we're going to get we're going to come back to that in a couple Mm -hmm. entries actually um but real quick, yes, <laughs> which I'm like, I'm like, all right, what's this one? And I love how she yes. like, even, even she's like, nothing meaningful is here. <laughs> like, nope. Perhaps I have misinterpreted the results. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I'm like, whatever. Um, this is also when Anina returns. Uh, she, she confirms that pineapples are real and... <laughs> She is, um, what was it? I will not give up my work. Not until I have fried rice with pineapple and raisins. Not until I know exactly what is coming. Obviously winter, right? I love how she gets the pineapple in an arcology garden on Titan. (laughs) And then Eris expounds into she is a power, this guardian. (laughs) Because she has found the pineapple. Clearly, Eris never found that scannable right above that little ceiling arrow. Whereas somebody is also like pineapples. Pineapples. Our ghosts are like pineapples. Like pineapples. What are these pineapples, and how do I grow them? Oh man. Anyways, uh, the next one is Unborn. Uh, This one is basically a connection to the Books of Sorrow, to the Shadows, uh, the Shadows of Your lore, uh, Unveil uh, Fragments. Um, It's basically, you know, the Traveler is a false creator, blah, 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 blah. Um, It's, and Eris kind of calls out, like, how Gnostic, Um, you know, blah, 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 was my rebirth an evil, um... But then she talks about how her ghost, you know, if 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 we are evil, then why did her ghost sacrifice herself to save Eris? Um, you know, she goes on and she actually makes I like I like this one. Um, she says, I do fear immortality without choice. I would not want to go on as a prisoner in vexed glass or a spirit trapped in the sea of screams. Cough, cough. Toland. Um, 
after that, this comes back to what uh, Orchid you were just talking about with as to the possible reasons why guardians do not have memories of their first life. And this is the entry called Purity. Um, she takes on the idea that um, some guardians have of being taken by the light or light taken. Um, she says that she, her opinion of it is, is that it's a popular, popular heresy um, because we do not lose the capacity to choose. We make our own fate, whereas the taken don't have their own will. Their will really is not their own. Um, and she goes on to kind of expound on that within her personal notes. Uh, she talks about how, like, as a student of the Hive lore, she remembers talking about the final shape and all that. Um, update, Anina found pineapple seeds, so she wants her to grow them. That's the most important part, the pineapple yes, seeds. most important part. Um, not, not discussing, like, the nature of, like, the Guardians being, quote-unquote, like, not light taken, but... Pineapple as, seeds. Who was it in chat? Trigger Blade says purity. Uh, take and retain their memories. We don't. I would say that some take and retain their memories, I think. Because I think that, that... I don't know. Like, I keep going back and forth on that one. Well, do we know of... Do we know of any quote-unquote conscious taken other than Riven, which is kind of cheating? Right. Riven cheats. Well, we have... And Coria? Um, Coria. Well, she was only half taken. Um, because it was called out that she was only taken enough to control her, but not to eradicate her will. Now there are taken, like there are major taken component or taken opponents from D1 that did have, um, some independence. There's the really annoying one from the prison of elders that I, Psylocke, Psylocke, no, not Psylocke. I, no, that's not it. Um, God, he yelled it every Psylocke, time. the Defiler. Yeah, the Defiler. God, I... Oh, that one. Um, yeah, there's an... Yeah, it's... it's. But the thing is, is like, what my 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 point there is that I don't know if that's every Taken, because the, the intent that I kind of got was that, like, the rank-and-file Taken were kind of wiped clean and just... They're just pawns on the chessboard. Um, Malak kept his memories and his personality. Um... So I know there's I know there are named taken, but there are not but like the the rank and file, we don't have really strong confirmation that they necessarily remember their past. I'm not saying that it's not possible because we just don't have one way or the other. Um oh, real quick in chat. Uh no, we do not have any record of any taken humans. Uh there is no record in the lore or in game that we have. Uh, however, yep, trigger. We do have some Tetuans who were taken, and those are awoken. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. The, they were also the ones that we were able to untake, which was a very weird process. Um, but real quick, jump to the next one. Conviction. Conviction is uh, called out as being connected to uh, the later entry. So this is entry 10. Uh, Eris refers to entry 12. Uh, she says that there's a connection to the camouflage logograph. Uh, interestingly enough here, this is where Eris kind of comes to the defenses of Allah's character and his choices. She is very much a supporter of Zavala and his choices with the regards to how he is handling things. Uh, she says that he is not a marionette. He is not. A, he is a strategist. Uh, his guardians are all tacticians. 
But um, and so they love when some grand new threat appears, but when it is defeated, they become restless and they use their bold victories as proof that Zavala is a timid leader, but he is not swayed by the hot blooded elite. He fears victory disease. Um, so it's it's a really actually I really like this one as well. Um, then jumping to the most important aspect, uh, because I know Orchid was really dying to know about this inana returned with the pineapple seeds yes um however io does not support agriculture it does not (laughs) so she had to make up her own loam or her own soil to plant them in i have so many things to say about that that's okay i'll refrain i will plant the pineapple seeds in this little garden i hope their roots are not too big (laughs) oh Oh, eris Um, that brings us to petulant uh, Petulant is a, I can't help but read this as a jab at the lore community, most notably Matt and Mylan, for the theories of Eris being evil. <laughs> <laughs> because that's pretty much what it's all about. Their channels are, are are full of open speculation about me. Is she a hapless lackey of Queen Mara, an ancient proto-hive matron? And why does she offer to trade a bag of quartz chip data stores for a pound of breadfruit? <laughs> Honestly, when I read this, I heard it in Matt's voice <laughs> in my head. And it's not because I listen to him every day when I'm at work when he's streaming. And so I know his voice very well at this point. But um, yeah, I definitely, because of his obsession with Ishii, you know, secretly evil. It just, yeah. I think I was just more annoyed that Teox got brought up again. I'm just like, God. <laughs> Can we we're just never not? Gonna, we're not gonna ever get rid of it. I know it's it's gonna be like by lightfall when that comes out in two years. It's gonna be like, uh, oh look at that! It's a it's a cryopod, it's a, huh? It, it's a it's a fallen. His name is uh, Nezrak's best friend. <laughs> no, Nezrak's back. Nezrak's back. <laughs> If that's not on a cryopod, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> hey, I was already annoyed in D1 when we had that dreadnought map, and there was this big crystalline structure right in the middle of it, and there is clearly, like, a wizard in there. And I'm like, is, is, is that... Is, is that... Is that Deox? No. <laughs> Um, okay, so jumping to the next one, camouflage. Camouflage is what? Uh, you did forget that Eris is lonely. Mm, yes. That's pretty because, important. Because everyone thinks she's evil and crazy yeah. for trading for breadfruit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, camouflage is actually when Eris kind of starts going off into the deep end a little bit with the paranoia. Um, she begins suspecting betrayals. Uh, this is also when she... She catches the little ghost, I think. Oh, no, 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 no. She had she already caught the ghost. This is when she starts beginning to suspect Anina as being someone who is spying on her. Uh, because she starts asking, she, she wonders if the ghost um, is actually Anina's. Um, in other news, the pineapples have already blossomed. They delight her because they're little purple thistles. Um, that brings us to falling uh, this is a, another kind of comment from Eris about another threat of imminent disaster. Uh, she says, you declared a new golden age and our enemy declares a second collapse. Uh, she finds that alarming that because they imply that it's already in motion. 
Uh, she calls out that she should reach out to Osiris and Ikora or even Mara or even, I love this, I should conjure wretched Tolan from the Sea of Screams and wring the truth from him. But though I be believe, there goes old Eris, they will say, howling about fingertips and revenge again. She is lonely, so she prophesizes doom. So she, uh, she, she's feeling the pressure, but then also kind of thinking that people will ignore her. Um, and then finally, the contact entry, which would which would have been this one. This is the 14th entry. This is the one that was going to be this week. Uh, she calls out that we are in an arms race. Uh, you know, basically the enemies that sh- the enemies are turning to the darkness, the cabal and the fallen. Um, she, this is where she mentions Callus and his daughter. She says the remaining cabal will either join Callus's death cult or seek his daughter, Kyaltal. Kayatl, um, and the fallen, we have driven them to the edge of survival, turned them against each other. Uh, and so, yeah, she says, by pushing them from the light, we have groomed more supplicants for the darkness. She uh, also confronts Anina, and she finds out that Anina is basically one of the new dredgens, and the she is trying to learn the ways of the darkness to get ahead in Gambit. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. She wants she, to pick up those moats after killing guardians on the other side. Mm-hmm. She also starts worrying that her pineapples are poisonous and she is no longer hungry. Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't put them on pizza. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's a really, really, really quick run through of like a summary of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the next the advanced session, we can kind of dig into the difference between the communication and the well the different levels of communication i think would be a good good way to run through those Mm -hmm. so i'm going to turn it over to you guys real quick for intro session shout outs orchid you want to go first um the shout out to my own podcast because (laughs) i'm here i'm going to plug it (laughs) can listen to guardians of lore every week wherever you want to find podcasts um this current week as of the recording we are doing um stolen intelligence part one and two um and then we'll be doing we'll also be doing the singular exigit exigit is that how you say it (laughs) i think so i'm assuming sure that one the one that we're doing right now and um we'll also be doing the what is it the 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 one where Brother Vance tears out someone's eyeballs with his thumb. That Dress cool and regress. Or, yeah. yeah, we're going to do that one, too. So uh, you can look forward to those. And, yeah, so please, uh, you can follow us at Guardians underscore Laura on Twitter. You can follow me at Hey, It's Orchid. And all of our lovely hosts. You can follow me anyway if you want to see a bunch of otters. Mm-hmm. Otters. Josh, <laughs> what about you? Part. Um, I mean, shout out to you guys because, you know, you guys are willing to always bring me back and I seem to never know if I'm going to be up until 2 or 3 a.m. every time I'm here because Revelations was Revelations was long that time that was that was I, I think you and I just nothing. sped through a couple entries at one point um but no yeah shout out to you guys uh for for always being willing to bring me on definitely um real quick thank you Orchid you're welcome <laughs> doing your job for you that's Green's job. See, it's listed under Green's name. Yeah, uh, I could do that part. 
Orchid is correcting my show notes for me. Um, yeah. Just want to give a big shout out to you both for uh, for helping me this week get through this episodes or these two episodes. Um, next week, we are going to have Dwyer on and we're going to be talking about just basically a general update on the darkness, uh, which should be an interesting, interesting conversation, to say the least. Um, other than that, just really, you know, again... Let us know what your thoughts are on the new format of the articles over on the subreddit. Uh, that is, again, the subreddit is the Lore Network. Uh, the link is in the show. Well, the link will be in the show notes and also over on the website as well. Um, <laughs> they're already asking for specific intros to the episode. Oh, gosh. Um, so, as usual, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.